I don't know if I could do three days in a row of Wisconsin Supreme Court talk. Trigoski. We might have to just put it on hold, but there's some more news. All right, welcome to the Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Trigoski back after a week off. I'm back. You can do the thing. Happy Friday, Rick. <laughs> 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Um, so there's we we've got two weeks of stuff to get to now. We do. And there's political stuff, which, you know, maybe we'll get to with the political science professor in here. Um, but then we have just nonsense news that, I will, you know what, I kind of like, honestly, should have you on on Mondays. <laughs> because A, we could get all the Friday news dumps out of the way. Yep. We could just rehash all the things that happened on a Friday, like a balloon over Alaska now that we had to shoot down. I don't know if that's not really political, but it's like the China-United States relations. where It's all politics, I think. I think... Uh, we're, we're ramping up a war with China in the political world when in my in my head, like populations like the Chinese people, the American people, like we don't want anything to do with it. Like, right. No, stop provoking a war. You stupid politicians. Stop sending balloons over here to poke the bear because there's two bears like you're, it's not really poke the bear, but it's two bears poking each other. Right. Because we're both bears in this situation. Um, but anyway, so I don't know why I'm going off a of balloon gate. It's well, well today news story showing that the Pentagon shot down an object over Alaska, coming less than a week after the U.S. That's fighter jet shot down You're a not Chinese. Listening. Well, I mean, it happens again, right? That's I mean, what I just but, said. but was that China though? Do we know that? Who was it? Major Marjorie Taylor Green? Was it Marjorie Taylor Green? Did she let her balloon go? Yeah, that she I don't was know. Walking around the State of the Union address with. Now, when there's an unidentified object, do we just shoot it down, no matter what it might be? Well, it posed a risk, especially yeah. if it's a balloon. Yeah, right. Also, um, we shouldn't be doing balloons in general as a as a, a society. No, you really shouldn't. They're, they're killing the turtles. Yeah, they are. They're pollutants. They fly. It, all they do is end up in the ocean. All we're doing is littering because we give a kid a balloon full of helium. Kid eventually loses it after what a minute and a half is probably yeah. the longest a kid can hold a balloon. Then it flies away, and either the Pentagon shoots it down or it ends up, you know, losing the helium and ending up in the ocean anyway. Does the Pentagon go clean up this balloon? Because now we got a bunch of junk in the ocean we got to clean up. Well, now what? A kid has a birthday party, releases a balloon, and we have to scramble the fighter jets. Yeah. we. I mean, that's your. And then, you know what? Is that kid like a traitor in the United <laughs> States? Is he, do we have to lock him up? Um, all right. So let's see here. Should I just read the bullet pointed list of things that we got to try to cover? In a lot. In yes. Like 45 yes. minutes. Of yes. All right. Political wise, Evers unveils plan to fund local governments with sales tax. Yeah. You know, Rick, the shared revenue program. Don't, that... don't go off now. We're doing bullet points. Don't okay. do a okay. tribe here. Okay. Okay. I'll go to the next. I'll one. just say budget coming next week. And so this is a little preview of that. The nonsense budget that Evers will write that Republicans will literally not read and throw in yep, the garbage. Just rewrite it line by line. Like what Republican is? Do you think there is a Republican that will read Evers' budget? I think they will read it in order to decide what they might be against. They will read it. Okay. In fact, Democrats might not even read it because they will be like, well, they're going to throw – we're not going to use this thing anyway. Throw just a great example of how petty politics is in Madison. Evers' proposal for the sales tax is the same proposal that the Republicans had. But now the Republicans are mad because he took their proposal. So – the two sides agree on 
what to do with the sales tax in order to direct more funding to local governments, but they're just mad about who might get credit. Here we did the diatribe. Unbelievable. <laughs> Number two on the list, uh, and these are not in any particular order except politics and the nonsense, and the nonsense far outweighs the politics. In a competition for conservative voters, Wisconsin Supreme Court candidate Dan Kelly ratchets up attacks on Judge Jennifer Doro. This is interesting because we're in a primary, yep. but we're in a nonpartisan primary, so all four people are on the ballot. Yes. So, so really, these two conservative, quote-unquote conservative judges, could be going after the other two judges, they could not. They could. You've got two liberal-leaning judges in the race, and then Jennifer Duro and Dan Kelly, the two conservatives in the race, they're going after one another in advance of the primary in, two, in a week and a half. Okay, just uh, to think about it. We're not going to do diatribe stuff, though, but... I just want you to think about the numbers. What what would the odds be of both conservatives? Because I don't think the the fourth, the other, uh, quote unquote, liberal judge, mm-hmm. uh, the the black guy, Everett Mitchell. Ever, I don't think he's just not getting enough headlines. I don't. He has no chance. So so I just wonder if if, if what the percentage would be if two conservative judges could get on the ballot and then the the uh, what's the other lady's name? Janet Protasewicz. Protasewicz would just be left out. Uh, Ron Kine gets a D.C. job, not in government, but kind of in dealing with government. Yeah, working for a law firm as a policy advisor. Now, you cannot be a lobbyist right after you leave Congress. You have to have a, quote-unquote, cooling-off period before you can do direct lobbying of government officials. Trump enacted that, right? You know, it's something that Donald Trump supported. It's something that a lot of people have supported, this idea that you need to wait a little bit before you can start lobbying people after you have left government. So Ron Kind cannot be a lobbyist. He can be... I love that you say a little bit because you don't know how what the little bit is, right? Like you, we don't, we're not really sure because it could it should be like five, ten years. It's a year. It's a year. Yeah, oh, okay. a, a year cooling. So you didn't up. know. Yep. Okay, a year isn't very long, it, but it is a little bit. I mean, that term That's still right. applies. Yes. Yeah. No, but when you say a little, a little bit, if you're me, if I say a little bit, it's because I don't actually know the time. You're like, ah, eh, it's probably a little bit. You know, could be, and then you end up it's like a decade. Now, like, some right. people though think you should be permanently banned. From ever becoming a lobbyist if you're a member of Congress. Yeah, I'm, I'm for it. Like, why not? Like, what's do you really need to be the lobbyist? Like, you can go get these fake lobbyist jobs like Ron Kine's got. Yeah, like, right. it's basically a lobbyist job. Well, really. And Newt Gingrich worked for a firm in D.C. as a historian instead of calling himself as a, a lobbyist one time. So you come up with a job title sometimes to maybe not call yourself a lobbyist, even if that's what you really are. We don't know what Ron Kine's going to be doing for this particular policy firm in D.C. And Ron, he, Kine, Ron Kine's replacement, Derek Van Orden, did propo- made, didn't he have a proposal about, was it about lobbyists? Or- yeah, he, he has a, Derek Van Orden has a proposal to permanently ban members there of Congress go. from ever becoming a lobbyist. And it's a popular proposal with the public. It's not a popular proposal with members of Congress who want to cash in after they leave office. Right. And it's a great, a great, nice little headline and talking point for Derek Van Orden. It's a great you know. position to take because it's a very low stakes position to take. You can take that position knowing that it will never become law. Right. All right. And in nonsense news, I'm just going to rattle through these quick. A coach imitated uh, a coach imitated a 22 year old coach imitated <laughs> playing basketball with 13 year olds. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin PA announcer yells at fans over officiating, probably parents. 
Uh, a Chick-fil-A had to be destroyed because uh, the drive-thru was too busy too much, just causing traffic. I, this is what I predicted in the cross. Yeah. Hasn't happened. So, um, Shut up. Dude. Oh, I did that one. Suburban school worker charged with stealing $1.5 million worth of chicken wings. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ohio Animal Shelter will name litter box after your ex-girlfriend or boyfriend. A Florida man arrested while trying to conceal a stolen semi-truck. I didn't read this headline yet. By spray painting it a different color. <laughs> this is, uh, what is that game? Vice City. G- Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Yep. You, yep. Go, and you he- go through the, the, the quote-unquote car wash that repaints yeah. your car. And then yeah. Uh, our Florida man story is a guy literally trying something that he saw in a video game. <laughs> but he was trying to spray paint it. <laughs> a whole summer. And then the last one, Woodpecker hides 700 pounds of acorns in a wall. It's a funny video on NPR where the guy just keeps pulling acorns out. I wanted more of the video, honestly. I wanted to, um, but anyway, that's uh, that's the the rundown. If you got anything, 608-785-7914. Shoot me a text. Shoot me a story. We'll be back with UW Lacrosse political science professor Chergoski. Are you looking forward to the halftime show? This is we. This will get you going. This it will. Is, this is better than Third Eye Blind. It is, yes. which isn't saying much because Rihanna's. I mean, Rihanna's here in Third Eye Blind is. They, nobody can see me but Tragoski, but yeah, Rihanna's way up here in Third Eye Blind. Meh. At Third Eye Blind, they're kind of a middle of the road '90s band. Also '90s, right? Yeah, Rihanna's a billionaire. Is she? Mostly due to her cosmetic line, I think. Rihanna halftime show Super Bowl. Is it the one football game you'll watch a year, or do you watch football? Oh, I watch every football oh. game. Wait, what? <laughs> Is that fake? That was a sarcasm. I mean, no, no, a no. People, like a lot of people, just you know, I live in Wisconsin. I watch the Packers. Ah, uh, Vikings. Vikings. Oh yeah. Vikings. They weren't the worst to watch this year. No, they, they weren't. Okay. They were fun to watch. Yeah, they were actually. They really, would. They, they were actually really good and like uh, probably like nerve wracking. They would win the games in the most wild ways you could imagine. And then lay an egg in the playoffs. Okay, of the political things, I don't want to talk about Ron Kine getting a DC job, although except for the fact that Ron Kine didn't—he isn't retiring. I mean, that just kind of shows the kind of work ethic that some of these people have. They can't just retire because when I retire, I'm kind of <laughs> kind of want to retire now. You know, like it just, <laughs> it's going to be hard to do that right now, but it'd be great. Uh, my dad, seventy, is going to have a birthday here in a couple weeks. Um, he's not retired. <laughs> Like he still works every, he works so much. Um, anyway, so Ron Kai not retired. Between the Evers sales tax thing, so the Evers sales tax thing is funny. You mentioned that Republicans proposed the same exact thing, and now they're they're what criticizing Evers' proposal to do the thing that they said. Yeah, there was some, there was some unhappiness in the state capitol because during Evers' state of the state address, he said that he would go along with this idea to devote twenty percent of the sales tax to the shared revenue program. Okay, pause. Because my, my argument here for Evers, no, for Republicans, was going to be if Evers proposes this thing as his own, this is like you you being the like the the lackey in the in the workforce in my business, right? And you propose, hey Rick, you propose the sales tax thing to me, Trigaski, right now. Like So let's go ahead and put twenty percent of the sales tax towards state store towards local governments. You know what we should do is we should put twenty percent of the sales tax towards local governments. I'm glad I thought of that. <laughs> that's that's how I interpret Governor Tony Evers. Yeah. But is that what he did in the state address, or did he give Republicans credit for coming up with this idea? He didn't give them credit. And Damn he- it, Evers! 
<laughs> and and you know, Rick, listening to some of the insider accounts from the Capitol, one of the problems was that Evers did not give Republicans a heads up that he was going to announce his support for this idea. And they were offended that he announced support for their idea without giving them a heads up in advance. Oh, so they all they A, need a heads up and B, need credit. Well, we're not arguing that they need credit, but I'm assuming that they want. Well, you know, politics is a bit of a petty business, right? At this point, just just give them credit. Yeah. Like you're not it's not like you're going to I don't know what 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 would be so bad about giving them credit. Well, it kind of reminds me of a situation we had with Lauren Oldenburg, one of the local representatives. He had a debate that I was moderating for the last election and he noted that his his um what do you call it? Lauren, his, Lauren Oldenburg who wouldn't answer our questionnaire. <laughs> his apprenticeship program. He's big on apprenticeships. And he had a bill that was passed to promote apprenticeships. Now, he noted correctly that Governor Evers was touting the apprenticeship program in Governor Evers' ads. Governor Evers signed into law the program to promote apprenticeships. I'm going to play double devil's advocate here. When Evers proposes something that Democrats have given to him, like say Jennifer Billings gives him... Jennifer Billings, right? Jill, Jill, Jennifer, Billings? Jill Billings, Jennifer Schilling, Jill Billings. Yeah. I just doubled their name. Uh-huh. Uh, when she gives them a proposal, does does Evers go, oh, and the Democrats over here gave me... No, he just takes credit for it all, right? It's what politicians do, Rick. Like, they try to take credit for things. And that's why, honestly, I was impressed with what Lauren Oldberg said during the debate when he said, yeah, he can take credit for it. I don't care. Sure. Go oh, ahead and take okay. credit for it. I cut it. you off before your whole point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but that was honestly a bit of an eyebrow-raising statement because, as we've seen, like politicians get really offended when they can't have the credit for something that they thought of, even if it's something that people are agreeing to. Yeah, and if that gets out to more people than just our tiny little audience here in the area, you know, like like statewide, that would be great. Politicians would be unstoppable if they were hum- if they were humble <laughs> and if they could take a joke or joke about themselves, right? Like that politician, as long as they have enough of a like megaphone, that politician's unstoppable. If Donald Trump could make fun of himself, he would be unstoppable. Yeah, a lot of politicians. Or he would have been four years ago. Politicians are notoriously thin-skinned and petty. And so that's why even though we have what seems to be a policy agreement – it's not really an agreement because each side wants the credit. And there's anger about not having a heads up that Governor Evers was going to embrace this proposal during the state of the state. Rick, it is all really silly because it addresses a huge problem in Wisconsin politics, which is the lack of funding for local government. It would really bog down the state of the state address if he had to go and this Republican proposal <laughs> that and this Democratic proposal that like it would just be like, all right, man, we get it. Like, just say well, what the proposals yeah, are. Say and, what's in the budget. And your side has to applaud everything that the governor of your party says. The other side is not allowed to applaud anything that the governor says because that would be admitting that the governor has a good idea. All right. Is there a conversation here now to, with the State of the Union address? It, it, the, yeah, for sure. Because it, it's not on our notes, and I just mm-hmm. it just occurred to me that like you probably have a pretty good take on 
uh, what you saw from the State of the Union seemed like a lot of heckling and then a lot of stuttering Joe Biden going after the hecklers in a way that maybe nobody thought he could. That's my take from it. But what's your take? Yeah, it's just this incredible scene where Joe Biden was getting heckled by Republicans. Not unlike the parents at this basketball game where the the referee has to yell at them in the crowd. We got to talk about that. Yes, this is exactly what happened. Joe Biden was the referee, right? This just seems to be the downfall of civility in society where we're just like heckling people no matter what the situation is. Yeah, heckling in the State of the Union address where Joe Biden was talking about how some Republicans, in his view, want to cut Social Security and Medicare, put put Social Security and Medicare at risk. He's referring to our own Ron Johnson, who says that Social Security and Medicare should be part of the annual budget process. Right now, Social Security and Medicare are kind of on autopilot. The amount of spending on Social Security and Medicare is just determined based on how many people are eligible. It doesn't go through the annual budget process. So Ron Johnson said, well, every year Congress should look at Social Security and Medicare and decide how much to spend on it. So if Joe Biden's view that puts Social Security and Medicare at risk. Right. There's there's Ron Johnson. There's Rick Scott. Rick Scott. In Florida wants to cash it out every five years. Yeah. It would be done. Rick Scott's idea is that every piece of federal law should go away after five years and Congress should be forced to pass it again. Which is funny because you should be the conversation would be Congress should agree to pass it again. Congress doesn't agree on anything. Exactly. It would die in the Senate. Everything in the history of the world would die in the Senate. We don't have daylight savings time right now because the House didn't pass it. That's the argument that Democrats okay. made. With the State of the Union, real quick before we go to break, heckling at a State of the Union address, are we turning into like I'm not going to know the government, like British, British par- yes. Parliament or something yeah. like that, where this is great. We want this because it's fun, because British Parliament is exciting to watch when they do this. It is. It's called Question Time in Britain, where they have the prime minister take questions and the leader of the other party respond, and there's heckling. Oh, there's- we, need that. We, need that. we need a segment then in the State of the Union oh. for questions. Yeah, there could be. From Congress. It's a different political culture in Britain because they have a very raucous environment where we really don't. And so it was surprising to see the type of atmosphere that was at the State of the Union. I think it would be kind of nice if we had a bit of a more raucous atmosphere. Well, and then you're right. We should do that, but then we should make it a segment. Like, this yes. part of the State of the Union is heckling time. Yes. It's, just call it that. be yep. funny. Also, it's turned into the Met Gala for at least two congresswomen where they're wearing <laughs> crazy dresses or crazy outfits. And that, and crazy, in my view. And I saw a lot of people making fun of uh, cinema, Kristen yeah. Cinema, and then Ma- Marjorie Taylor Greene. first name. I just yeah. I read it in my head, and I'm like, and and I was like, eh, they can wear what they want, like whatever. Sure, why not? I don't really care. Um, I had oh, and the the thing about Biden and and his 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 take on Social Security and and Republicans wanting to ax it out. It would be one thing if Biden said that, and it was so. Ron Johnson, pretty powerful. Rick Scott, pretty powerful mm-hmm. senator, right? Mm-hmm. Any senator is powerful. And then Mike Lee, he's yeah. the guy that. His his facial expressions when Biden was saying that was like oh I can't believe like he like he said something just terrible that and then, then there's video of Mike Lee like literally saying the opposite of a, exactly what Joe Biden was saying it was hilarious Rick the thing is Donald Trump has changed the tune of a lot of Republicans surrounding Social Security and Medicare Donald Trump was on the record during the 2016 campaign saying he would not cut Social Security and Medicare he's gone with the same message in this current campaign and that 
in this current climate is a not-so-subtle shot at Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is on the record talking about privatizing Social Security and Medicare. He was supportive of that when he was a member of Congress from Florida prior to being the governor of Florida. And so Donald Trump is currently trying to draw a contrast between himself and others like DeSantis in his party who are maybe more hostile towards Social Security and Medicare, maybe more interested in making cuts to Social Security and Medicare, where Donald Trump tried to distinguish himself from other Republicans by saying, no, 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 Social Security and Medicare are off the table. I'm not going to propose cuts to those programs. Here's the thing is Ron DeSantis not going to have to worry about being on Social Security. He's young yet, and he's probably going to make a ton of money. Sure. Most of the senators, they're all old, but they make $175,000 a year and have fat pensions, and they're not going to have to worry about Social Security either. D- Donald Trump doesn't have a job right now. So I don't know. Like, actually, he probably gets some pension for being the president. So, But sometimes we're not even sure how much money he has. So he might need the Social Security check, and that's why he's promoting it. There you go. <laughs> All right, got to take a break. <clears throat> All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. This is going to take a minute to get going, but I just sent myself some songs oh we were talking during the break that it's got the minnesota shout out yeah which is why i like this oh you know what i think i wrote some notes down with minnesota when we talk about politics right um and i want to get your take on them i've been saying get your take a lot this week i don't know why but it's just like and it's just occurred to me that i've done it like with all my guests this week can i get your take on that can i get it's the it's the the lazy journalist question can you talk about (laughs) i was thinking about the um I was thinking it's about right here, the bands. right here in Minnesota. We were underground, loading merch in that 12 passenger van in a small club in Minnesota. And the snow outside of first half. I just wanted my name. I think this is the, the only AM station that I plays Macklemore. I just want to know when Macklemore played first half in downtown Minneapolis. I wish I would have been there. Also, if I just heard this song and heard and saw the name Macklemore and it's a rap song, I wouldn't think Macklemore looked like what Macklemore looked like. No. Because I was surprised when, because I heard the song uh, somewhere, and then I went and YouTubed it and sent it to myself for notes. Right, I want to play the song. He's got an interesting look. And then I saw the video, and I was like, "Oh, that's not what I thought Macklemore would look like." Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talking text line. We did get a text. We got a couple of texts. I did, I only I only got the one. I only I wrote the one down. All right, let's get get out of here, Macklemore. Kesha. Um, Macklemore Super Bowl? No. Probably not getting a super. He could be like a guest. Yeah, definitely. They're all featuring. Um, all right. So somebody texted in. Listening to you two is like listening to bantering to the bantering of chickens. <laughs> First of all, I appreciate a good bantering of chickens. I like to listen and like what are they talking about? Like the, you get a bunch of chickens clucking around, like that's that's interesting. Also, is that is he ripping on us? I think he's ripping on us, right? Yeah. Oh. Um speaking of that though, uh we mentioned this earlier in the show. Have I have, have I reintroduced you? I don't remember. UW Lacrosse political science professor in here. Uh, we got to get your take on this. Uh, Chick Fil A restaurants traffic got so bad that city officials ordered it to be demolished and plan to build a new drive-through only location. Well, first of all, I mean, how many people are going into? If I haven't been in our Chick Fil A, I said Chick Fil A, didn't I? I always say Chick Fil A because I'm reading it. I haven't been in our Chick Fil A, but do people sit down and eat like? 
So when I go there, the Chick-fil-A in Alaska, I do see from time to time quite a few people in the restaurant eating. But, but are they eating or are they just going because the drive through is so long? You, it's fast. Sometimes they do this at Culver's. The drive through is so long, I just run in. Yeah. Nobody's in there. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like there are quite a few people eating inside. And thank goodness for the sake of having that avoiding the demolishing of the new restaurant already. Fortunately, the drive-through line seems to be settling down because in this Chick-fil-A in Charlotte, the city officials in Charlotte ordered the demolishing of a Chick-fil-A just, restaurant. How does that work? Like, who pays for all that? That's, when, when we talk about government and who pays for it, this is the one time I want to know, does Chick-fil-A have to pay for that? Because I feel like, the, the city has to approve where the thing goes, right? That was the big question with our Chick-fil-A here in Alaska was it's kind of in a weird spot where you can't turn in and out of there. There's another, the quick trip's pretty popular across the road mm-hmm. and turning left out of there when everyone, it, it ended up working pretty well. I think with the first weekend or first oh, couple of weekends, was it was pretty hectic. Yeah. And they actually had to have uh, an officer, I think an off-duty officer directing traffic. Yeah, I remember trying to get there the first couple of weeks and having to go around Gunderson and looping back in order to get there because... Did you go then? Or did, I, when, the, when the drive-through line was out to the road? I I bailed. You know, you I bailed, was thinking okay. about it. I bailed because living in the South, I went to, as some people know, went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill for my doctoral program. And there's Chick-fil-A's everywhere in North Carolina. Yeah, Chick-fil-A so, wasn't a unique situation, a unique experience for you. It was not. It was like a multi-time per week occurrence yeah. when I was in North Carolina. I will say a couple weeks later, when when I, if I would drive by there, I wouldn't even have to be hungry. I'd be like, oh, there's nobody in line. Yep. And then I, I, I've done that like three times now. I'm not even hungry. I'm just like, oh, nobody in line. I'm going to go get that stuff right now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, the novelty of that is kind of over for me. Um, second chicken story. Thanks for the text, though, saying that we're a couple of bantering chickens. Uh, suburban school worker charged with stealing $1.5 million worth of chicken wings from the district. I didn't read this one. I only headline hunted this one. Did you read this one? I did, Rick. Okay. I did. This is from WGN and, in Chicago. And I will say, I put an important text message or uh, uh, email out to the school district of La Crosse's public relations to get us somebody in the school district to explain to us how somebody could steal or conceal $1.5 million worth of chicken wings. And I want to know how many chicken wings this is. So Vera Liddell, age 66, worked for Harvey School District in Illinois for more than a decade and court records accuse Liddell of ordering more than one of 11,000 cases of chicken wings from the school district's food provider and then picking up the order in a district cargo van. The food was never bought to the school or provided to the students. Never brought? Never brought. Never bought, yeah. District funds were used to pay for the food, according to the prosecutors, who did not reveal what became of the chicken wings. That was that was the one thing I want to know. Like, what does somebody do... First of all, it's a cargo van. What did you say? It was a... A cargo van, yeah. Okay, a cargo van fits $1.5 million worth of chicken. Cargo vans can be pretty big. 11,000 cases of chicken wings. 11,000. Now we we need to know how many are in a case. Like, yeah. Many, there's so many. And then what the bleep what this guy do you do, do with, do with it? 
I don't know. Like he'd have to have a chicken wing business. He'd have to have be selling. You can't put them in your house. That might don't melt. That, that might have been the giveaway that this person started a new chicken wing restaurant at the same time that this was going on. Right. <laughs> like a, yeah, like oh, this new uh, startup, this new chicken wing startup. Yeah, Vera's food truck. Vera's chicken wings just opened up. Yeah, it's just a food truck. He's driving around in this. <laughs> he's driving around this van. That just happens does, to have the school's logo on it. In that, yeah. in that empty Shopco parking lot. lot and plugs in the deep fryer into the light pole outside by by the by Copeland Avenue or whatever road that is now, um, and and just starts deep frying chicken wings on Fridays. It's called a what do they call it? A chicken queue? Yeah, the chicken queue. <laughs> Vera's chicken queue. Come and get them Friday nights uh, outside the, the, the empty Kmart parking lot. Um, gosh, right. what, gosh, when we find a use for these empty big box stores, what will we become of well, the we have, chicken? We have queue. about a use. I think all of them are. Used. Oh, including on the north side with Bridgeview Plaza. I want to say maybe not. Okay, that one's the most. Po- that one should be the best one. They honestly. they did manage to finally knock down the abandoned Burger King. Oh yes, oh, that's controversial. <laughs> well, shout out to Kent for yeah working out of that office there at the Burger King. Um, all right, so we got to reset. I got to the the, ch- the the clucking chickens got to settle down. We'll be back. And some house slippers, Dookie Brown leather jacket. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. We're going Maplemore, bottom of the hour. This is a shout out to Brianna Tragoski. Yes, my wife works at a thrift store. They play this song, you think? They should. They should, right? I know that they made some cool videos where they played this song in the background. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Well, this is the best part, right? Here. JD likes this song, too. JD is calling in. JD, you got a you got a take? Go ahead. You're on the air. I'm just going to say, again, uh, shout out for Chick-fil-A, and I, I'll just give a little tip. Uh, it does get pretty crowded inside, and uh, they got earlier hours, and that might have something to do with it. But uh, I may or may not have, at times, parked across at that very across the street at that very busy quit trip and walked across the street. And uh, so, uh, beat, beating the system. But, hey, I just wanted to – I, I uh, have the um, – Radio on this morning when uh, Mike was on, just got off work and it was on. You guys were there. I, I just uh, want to say the young lady that uh, that does the news, uh, they all seem to be getting younger on, on Wisdom as well as the uh, WKBT and, and uh, Channel 19. But uh, it, I just thought it was unfortunate that she was set up, you know, to tell a story about a lawmaker getting attacked, like, you know, like the ones in New Jersey or whatever, but the reference to uh, January 6th and, uh, uh, oh, and attacks on lawmakers are on the rise since January 6th or how they would tie that together, uh, especially the ones in New Jersey that are GOP lawmakers. I, I, I certainly didn't see any connection to that, but, hey, she's just a young lady, um, uh, probably just a lovely young lady, and, and she's got a you got to say whatever is written out for her. So, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm one. I might expect it from. And believe me, I, Mike is always quick to say Scott Robert Flaw is. You know, he's entitled to his opinion. It's his opinion. You know, so I might expect something like, like that from him. But you know, it's just tough when you set up a young lady like that. Um, uh, so, all right. Th- thanks for the call, JD. Um, so, me and Brad were having this conversation before the the, the Minnesota uh, Angie Craig. Angie Craig. She was attacked. Uh, the police said it was non, not politically motivated. Correct. But the AP story mentioned that lawmakers' attacks after January 6th have been uh, – attacks on lawmakers have been on the rise since January 6th. 
one doesn't seem to have to do with the other, but mm-hmm. also they're both factual. So it's a weird yeah. kind of a, a weird uh, comparison there, I Co- guess. A couple things, right? So uh, first, the caller is correct to note that this was not a politically motivated attack. And so that's important context. And we're all really happy that Angie Craig is okay, no matter what. Defended herself, apparently. Defended herself with some hot coffee. (laughs) She had a hot cup of coffee and and splashed it on the attacker and ended up being okay. Had some minor injuries. So note to self, anyone out there, better to have hot coffee than cold. There you go. Yeah, so the caller notes that this was not a politically motivated attack, and that is correct. At the same time, we, we do know. We do know that threats being directed at members of Congress have skyrocketed in recent years and that the police in Washington, D.C. are having a really hard time keeping up with the level of death threats and other forms of threats that are being directed at members of Congress. So it can be true that this particular incident was not politically motivated, but there is an extraordinary rise in threats being directed at members of Congress and other politicians, and that there is a very real threat of political violence in a lot of different circumstances. So we need to be, uh, of course, grateful that this particular situation ended up not as bad as it could have been and that it wasn't politically motivated, while at the same time being deeply alarmed by the rise in threats and members of Congress, because that just represents a real problem in our democracy, like healthy democracies, do not have rampant threats of violence towards their politicians. Healthy democracies do not have this level of increase in threats towards elected officials. And so it's just a troubling sign of how things are going. Transition. Uh, a coach was fired after a 22-year-old assistant girls basketball coach. So their girl, their assistant coach, 22 year, years old, impersonated a 13-year-old JV player. (laughs) So anyone out there, remember when you were 22, and now you're an assistant basketball coach, and your JV team is just what? Literally not not short, but like has too few players? Is this how this went? And you decide that you're going to put on one of the jerseys, (laughs) and you're going to play as a 22-year-old amongst the 13-year-olds in a game and just what dominate did they just dominate you saw the video i did and so this is perhaps the story of the year so far i mean we need grant bills from wkty to just come in here but (laughs) anyway wavy television our alicia boykins a 22 year old former assistant coach on the churchland general uh junior varsity basketball team in portsmouth virginia impersonated a 13 year old player who played for the truckers the team name the student athlete was out of town at a club basketball tournament so the 13 year old was out of town according to the parents so the coach suited up and pretended to be the 13 year old who was out of town and watching the video absolutely dominated there's video of her making this huge block shot against one of the team Uh, One of the opponents who was going for a layup. And then she was driving towards the basket, picked up a foul while she made a basket, and then did this huge celebration. Did the and one 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 celebration. So I just love the fact that you have... So ESPN used to do this as commercial. They would would literally have their sports anchors and also like professional basketball players as like the... 
the ESPN team and we're going to take on and they would take on 13 year old kids and they would just dunk and foul them and it was hilarious it was a commercial this is real life this actually <laughs> happened somebody 22 thought it was okay that I'm going to impersonate a 13 year old and play in a game and then go crazy <laughs> well Rick here's how it ends Boykins, the person who impersonated the 13-year-old, is no longer an employee of Portsmouth Public Schools. Not only that, but the players, along with the parents, chose to opt out of the remainder of the season. Oh, wow. I wonder if the, I mean, does the head coach get in some trouble here? Wow, also, yeah. what was her name, That the, the woman that did this? Alicia Boykins. Alicia Boykins. Oddly enough, I don't know if you saw the, ex, the they added to the story. She uh, full scholarship to uh, University of Baylor. Full ride. <laughs> no. She's a little old, actually, to play out of college. She would have to get like a WNBA contract or something. Um, all right. So I think that's going to wrap it up. We we covered, uh, we got our heckling chicken news out of out of the way. Oh, I did send an email because somebody stole a million and a half dollars worth of chicken wings from a school district, right? Yes. So I sent an email out to the lacrosse school district's Nick Marku. And uh, I said, Nick, we're doing a show right now. We need answers from someone in the district's food department on this story. Million and a half dollars worth of chicken stolen. Just how many lunches worth of chicken wings would this be? Nick Nick replied. He got back to me, but he he said, first, Rick, this is the best email I've gotten all week. Thank you. <laughs> Second, everyone is gone for the weekend. I will throw out some lines, but I'm not optimistic that I can get you answers tonight. I'll do what I can. So the phone has not rung. We only have 20 seconds. Well, we need to know from the food service people at the school district of lacrosse well, how many chicken a, wings can you get for 1.5 million dollars this is an ultimate tease for next week's show there we you go this, stay tuned ian turner with the airport multiple times we'll do it with nick marcu in the in the school school district next week